greatest city in the world, broadcasting the fans of anime and Japanese culture all around the world. Welcome, welcome, welcome one and all to the May 18th installment of the Extreme Anime Radio podcast. I am JR. I'm in front of the Northern Lights, as you can see on the video. Uh, next to me is somebody caught in a fire, apparently, and that would be Mr. Neff Canuck. Good evening. Uh, apologies for last week, but I would have sounded like a squeak toy. And I needed to be in full throat for what we're going to talk about tonight. Yes. Uh, I'll give a sleepy Sarah for uh, uh, Flex uh, for switching the Sarah bug there. Um, thank you so much for joining us here today. This is going to be our final stream for a few weeks because I will be heading out into the yonder with my parents on a little bit of a holiday. So... Um, we will probably return if everybody's available, myself included. We may try to come back with a, a few game streams in early June. Uh, and then in late June, we will have a combination of game streams and uh, one or two installments of the Extreme Anime Radio podcast before then I go on my little summer hiatus. Although depending on the situation, Nev, we might be able to... Uh, plan a few things uh, over the summer like we have in previous years yeah i mean my schedule is mostly open of course we do have a convention i'm involved with mm. uh in july right i'm still not sure how i'm going to handle that much heat but we'll find out <laughs> i guess i'm actually a little jealous on a side note here um because you guys know that i love uh, streaming flight simulator i've been playing flight mm. simulator for three decades um and um you know it's nice to have the uh passengers slash co-captains in Neff and Liz and Bree and Umi and Mika and a few others who have joined us over the last few months for that. Um I've been experimenting a little bit lately with uh old uh Propeller airliners, the DC six. Uh and in the last few days I've been toying with the new uh, Boeing seven thirty seven that's come out. Um, so you can fly a 737, you know, across North America, or you can get what's called the Boeing business jets, these multi-million dollar VIP SUVs, which is basically a Boeing 737 with nine extra fuel tanks. Okay. I'm going to stop right there. When you said new 737s, are those the ones without the crashy software? As in it makes the plane crash? No, no, no. These are, um... These are the uh, 737s, like the next generations. These are not the Max planes. Yeah, maximum trouble. <laughs> but the reason I bring that up is that I just saw today on uh, social media, one of my coworkers, who is maybe, maybe about 10 years or so younger than me, maybe a little more, just had his first flight from a flight school out in Farmingdale, he flew a Piper Archer. And his comment, or when he made the post, one hour down, 39 to go. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> well, with some of the th rumblings I'm hearing from down your neck of the woods with a lack of pilots, if he gets to 40 hours, they might hire him. <laughs> I don't because know about that. 
Well, that's the latest news story. Apparently, with the shortage of pilots, they're they're saying, well, we could potentially lower the number of hours required for smaller aircraft mm. on some of our regional air regional air air routes. I'm going, mm -hmm. that is not something you want to get out into the general public. <laughs> not by a long shot. Now, I know that over the last few years, depending on the license you get, um, there are ways that you can shorten the amount of time it takes for you to uh, get your certification. Um, what I think he might be going for, he's either going for the private pilot's license or the rec pilot's license. Um, wreck as in recreational, not wreck your plane. Um, so um, there are differences in flight rules and the amount of hours you have to learn. But then after you get your private pilot's license, then you have to get several other ratings on top of that before you can even be considered to, say, fly uh, a regional airline, which is kind of like, you know, the first step into going into the big major leagues of airlines. You need an instrument rating, you need an A airline transport rating, I think, and a few other things. You need a night rating, too. Mm. Well, as I said, I mean, I saw that story where they're, like, lowering the number of hours, and I'm just going, I, how did this get out into the public? This should never have ever seen the public eye. <laughs> because that's the last thing you want to think about is, is my pilot well-trained or adequately trained <laughs> believe me there's a difference um flax mentions uh the two youtubers getting their faa license revoked i forget if they're youtubers but i know they tried to pull off a stunt in which they kind of nosedive two um propeller planes next to each other and then try to exit and jump between them uh, it didn't work out. One of the planes crashed. Uh, both pilots are okay. One pilot made it into the other plane, and the other had to parachute down to the ground. Okay. Now, that is a stunt I would expect from Hollywood. <laughs> Not a couple of v YouTubers saying, okay, let's do something really great that we can get on film and get a million hits for. Yeah. Uh, I think we mentioned uh, a few shows ago about that other pilot who also lost his FAA license from... Uh, intentionally crashing his plane as part of a stunt we mentioned that right i i believe so yes like i said it's like wait a minute you work so hard for this pilot's license and then you decide to do something so so dumb right well um again um ronaldo yeah i'm talking to you i'm extremely 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 jealous and if you get your private pilot's license you're taking me fly one day the, that that is my request to you if you happen to stumble upon this show <laughs> well i know someone who's getting their private license as well up here uh i know the gentleman very well i'm sorry i i've always said if the plane doesn't have in-seat service for food and drink <laughs> it's too small for me thank you very much <laughs> I've I've had some random conversations with my mom. Like, what what would happen if we won the lottery and whatnot? Well, I would learn how to fly. I would get myself like uh, I wouldn't get um, something that uh, my friend flew, which was a Piper Archer. Maybe I go for something modern, like a modern Cessna or a modern. Um, oh boy, what's a Cirrus? Cirrus is the aircraft that you know. If you have a problem, you can pull the parachute. Well, that's convenient. <laughs> <laughs>
But uh, yeah, my mother's like, you know, if if the plane doesn't have a bathroom, we're going to be in trouble. So then we're going to have to stop every one to two hours like you were driving a car. Well, hey, I, I always like to think of it as this way. You know, like if you if you don't have your own bathroom when you're flying, yeah, you're not going very far. <laughs> Just find a cheap FBO where you can find uh, very cheap gas, which nowadays is nigh impossible. Five dollars a gallon almost that. here, yeah. Okay, now I'm gonna scare you because I'm gonna tell you exactly what uh, a gallon, a liter of gas is going for up here. Give me one second here. I have the app. And while you and... search, yeah, Liz's uh, nephew has a pilot's license. Karim's uncle has a pilot's license, and also manufactures planes. <laughs> Okay, now let me go to regular gray gas, even though I wouldn't put that in my car. Two dollars, two dollars four, two dollars four, two dollars five cents a liter. Wow, let's put it that way. So multiply eight, that essentially eight to nine dollars, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much for a U.S. gallon. Thank God I drive a hybrid. <laughs> We're gonna get some relief in New York State. Because um, the state legislature passed a reduction in the state gasoline tax, uh, but it doesn't take effect until June 1st. Go figure. Now, I'm going to ask you this. I will lay folding money on the table that says, for any reduction in the tax burden, the gas companies go, oh, yeah? Yoink. <laughs> so you've basically gifted the gas companies more money. Right. As if they don't have enough. Unfortunately, there's no way for me to check unless I go to Gas Buddy because I'm going to be away between the end of May and the beginning of June. So, <laughs> well, like like I said, it's more like going. I can't, I say that to everybody. I'm like, wait a minute. Let's just say all the taxes magically disappeared. Mm -hmm. Do you think the gas companies right now would say we're going to leave you alone? Mm -hmm. Are you kidding? <laughs> They'd say, hey, that's more for us. Yeah, right. Because. You'll watch every gas company, their next quarter profits, next couple of quarter profit margins, there's going to be billions with a B. And they're going to say, oh, but we're just making it up for, you know, 2020. <laughs> um, if your customers can't afford your product anymore, you don't have customers. Right. So. Yeah, it's going to be a long debate. And, you know, maybe... Uh... Maybe things will improve after, as, as we get into the summer, maybe things will stabilize a little more, but it's too early to say. Um, Given the, the things that are happening half across the world, I don't think they're going to change until that's resolved. Right, right. Um, let's talk about um, the rest of the world, and let's go to Japan. Because in Japan, now they finally have announced uh, a plan to quote-unquote bring tourists and why do i say quotes um if i read the news articles correctly they're still planning next month to raise the daily entry limit to twenty thousand a day and then at that point also loosen some of the visiting restrictions uh into the country you'll still need to get a, a test before you go in you'll still have to get a test when you arrive but now they are trialing um, a small number of tourists, when I say small number, I mean a maximum of 50, five zero tourists 
from four countries that, quote-unquote, have COVID-19 under control, the United States being one of them. These 50 people have to be triple vaccinated. They have to be tested before and after, before travel and after arrival. And they must travel on a fixed itinerary while they are in Japan. Control a little much, Nev? I was going to say, there's caution, and then there's... We're just going to make you rats in a maze and see if you survive the maze. <laughs> exactly. That's bizarre. Right. But if, if this is apparently the stepping stone to possibly Japan, you know, uh, reopening to tourists. Meanwhile, 90% of the countries in that area south of Japan have basically opened up already as long as you test. Yeah. And again... I, I've always said it. You have a right to be cautious, but then there's caution bordering on stupidity, mm -hmm. and this is really on that border. This is like whoa, right? I so. mean, maybe they're gonna like. It depends how long this is gonna be go, be trialing for. If it's trialing for a month and things go well and they open up, okay, fine. But if this is gonna be like six months of fifty tourists, you know, no. a day. Like, <laughs> no, no. No, I think I think it's 50 tourists total for this trial, and then probably in about a month they'll evaluate and make their plans. I need another drink. <laughs> um, so another topic, Neff, that's been big in um, news lately on the subject of COVID, um, a decision and an uh, unfolding and a backpedaling made by a major anime convention here in North America that's happening this weekend, Anime Central in the Midwest uh, U.S., I believe. Um, they have done an about-face in the last few days. They originally had a mask and vaccine mandate. Uh, and they even reminded people in the weeks leading up to the con that there was a mask and a vaccine mandate. Um, the convention is this weekend. Uh, two days ago, Monday, the 16th of May, they make an announcement. In accordance with the CDC and the regulations from the Illinois Department of Public Health, we are lifting the vaccine mandate. We are lifting the mask mandate. Now, the argument can be made, well, if the CDC and the Department of Public Health in Illinois have those guidelines, then that's it. But you don't make a decision this close. And number two, do you really want to do that now as COVID cases are going up again? Okay. Hold on to your hats, folks, because I'm going to rant. Okay, I'm going to drink. <laughs> okay, you drink, I rant. Here's what here's what really frosts my flakes about this whole situation. Mm -hmm. First of all, they announced this as a tweet, a tweet on Monday. From all reports, the staff of the con was not advised in advance of the removal of the vaccine restrictions or of the mask restrictions. Multiple staff members are like, whoa, hold on. That's, you know, I'm uncomfortable with that. I am medically, you know, 
risky to do that. And no, I can't. Which is a fair cop. And then the the convention goes, or the, the this this group goes, well, if you don't, then guess what? You lose status. And we'll treat you as a brand new member if you decide to come back next year. Or, in some cases, we may even blackball you from ever coming back. Hmm. Based on a decision the executive made four working days prior mm-hmm. to this convention. Never mind the fact of the staff. All right. What about the guests? What about the attendees? They weren't consulted. The guests were certainly weren't. So now the guests are left scrambling going, oh, my God, no, thank you. I don't want to be involved, you know, like this. The convention was basically like, you deal with it. We're not going to deal with it. Mm. And even if you're charitable, even if, I mean, I put together in my head a possibility that Mm. explained everything that went down. Okay, Let's just say the venue was very vague about whether or not they would enforce the mask mandate and the vax mandate themselves Mm -hmm. and the convention knows they don't have a lot of staff so they were leaning on the venue to help them the venue does the rug pull on them so what does the executive do the executive says you know what let's pull the rug and take our chances without even talking to staff first and that's the part that really irks me Mm -hmm. because if the executive does these things and doesn't communicate that to the staff first and give the staff an opportunity to say, hey, wait a minute here, hold the phone. What about another method? Because here's the thing. Let's say the venue says, we're not going to help you with the vax mandate and the mask mandates. Mm-hmm. Fine. But you signed a contract, which means that for the space that you are renting for the convention, you control that space. So you can have your own mandates you can do whatever legally you want so you could have mask mandates nobody would stop you you could have mask mandates nobody would stop you the the they couldn't the 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 convention center couldn't stop them because Mm. they've rented them the space and having a mask mandate is not illegal okay so the 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 executive of this con chose the absolute worst thing they could do on monday endures two days of firestorm of their own making mm-hmm. and then begrudgingly says, well, yeah, we'll look at the mask. We'll make sure there are mask mandates in certain uh, masks in certain areas, etc. And for the rest of the areas, use your best judgment. And again, if they had said on Monday, mm-hmm. look, in the areas we control, there will still be mask mandates. We're not going to have vaccine mandates, but we'll have mask mandates. Mm-hmm. And in the public areas, I'm sorry, we don't have the staff. That's not our area. We can't do anything about that. Mm. I don't think there would have been as much of a firestorm because people realize unless you rent out the entire building, you can't control common areas. You can't control public areas. But like I said, the executive of this con screwed it up so badly, it almost feels to me like they wanted to deliberately tank things. They Mm. wanted everything to literally explode and then say, wasn't our fault (laughs) well guess what when you're the executive it is your fault because you are the ones that make the decisions that filter down 
If you don't like that, then my suggestion to you, walk away. Because there are times you will have to make unpopular decisions. There are times people are going to hate you. But guess what? That's what being a leader is. Leading. You, you, you should be uh, head of a convention, Neff. I, I think you would do wonderfully. As I've, as I've said in my real life, I was actually president of my condo board for about 14 years or so. Yeah. And that was always my policy. It was like, look, we're going to make a decision. It's not going to please everybody. Mm-hmm. We can't please 344 separate unit owners. That's not going to happen. Mm. The best we can hope for is that the majority don't try to strangle us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, at some point, the minority decided, okay, we're going to strangle you. <laughs> They took over, and now two and a half years later, guess where they are? <laughs> Pointing behind you. Into a, into a dumpster fire of their own creation, and now trying to go, we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. Gee, you think. Now, now there is an update, which I'm going to provide, but before we get to that, um, <clears throat> to your knowledge, Neff, uh, does Anime Central have a board? Uh, Bree is asking. I believe they do. The question is, how many people on that board were actually part of the decision-making process? Mm -hmm. And there are varying reports as to how many actually were part of that process or how many were just told, well, this is what we're doing. You don't like it. Not my problem. Um, So after that announcement came out on Monday, uh, a few um, voice artists announced... uh, their own individual policy that at their um, guest events or panel events, they would require masks. Um, And now, um, as of today, there is another update from Anime Central. Uh, I'm guessing because of all the backlash that came from Monday's announcement. Um, According to Anime News Network's release uh, from today, Anime Central staff confirmed which areas and events would require masks at this year's event. All guest and panelist events, dances, exhibit hall, artist's alley, gaming, and entertainment hall. So that covers most of uh, the area, does it not? Except for one big area. The dealer's room. Ah... That would be, bluntly, a potential super spreader event. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen dealers' rooms. I've seen packed dealers' rooms. I've seen dealers' rooms where I can't even get in them and out of them <laughs> because it is so packed. Like Comicat. No, I, I'm sorry. Anime North, there's been some years, it's worse than Comicat. Really? And I was on staff, which means in theory it should be easier because all I have to do, you know, is say, hey, you know, I'm sorry, I'm staff. Can I get through here? Mm -hmm. Most of the time people ignore me because I don't, you know, yell and scream and say, you know, get out or I'm going to beat you with my cane. (laughs) (laughs) So my, 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 my position is good try, Anime Central, but with a gaping hole big enough to drive Optimus Prime through, that being the dealer's room, (laughs) you fail. Yeah. And this is going to be one con that will go down in infamy. Mm. And it shouldn't have to, it, it shouldn't have been this way. Right. Because there were many ways you could have dealt with this. 
that didn't result in all the bad press, that didn't result in guests getting pissed off. Because remember, mm-hmm. you make guests angry, even if they don't come back next year and you don't care. They talk to other guests. Mm. And it makes it that much harder next year. See, and that's the thing. People don't realize a lot of the stuff that happens at a con mm-hmm. leads into the cons that come after. So this kind of chicanery, for lack of a more polite term that I can think of, you know, will bleed into cons going forward. <laughs> and there will be hard questions asked mm-hmm. by any future guests because they are going to be concerned that, wait a minute, you've announced policies. Will these policies still be in place a week before the convention? You'll say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you'll point, then you'll point back to this, this year. We have Jarek Kandra in the chat. Hey, Jarek Kandra, welcome. One of the Sarahs are here. Um, and uh, Liz says, your cane is your secret Zanpakuto. Zanpakuto. Yeah, well, unfortunately, he's rather cranky and, you know, doesn't come out whenever I need him. <laughs> he only comes out when he wants to. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, Jack Andrew, we were just talking a little bit about the, the chaos going on with Anime Central, and I'm also complaining how I've flown Flight Simulator for over three decades, and now I have one of my coworkers who's on his way to a private pilot's license at about 10 or 15 years younger than me. <laughs> Jerry Kander's asking what's happening now. We could repeat the entire I could repeat my entire rant if you'd like. Or <laughs> you can watch the recording of this and watch me completely, you know, just give the anime central exec mm-hmm. another headache. Right. Um I mean most of them, most of the headaches they had the last couple of days, all self-inflicted. I mean, literally, <laughs> they're they're sitting there with an anime central branded mallet going doink, doink, <laughs> doink. Why um, does it hurt? Doink, doink, doink. Um, so, Jarek, uh, uh, Neff was telling about um, uh, the situation with Anime Central, uh, which is happening this weekend, the convention in the central U.S. And um, they had a mask and vaccine mandate until earlier this week, two days ago. In a tweet, they said, oh, no more mask, no more vaccine mandate. Everything kind of blows up on social media. Everybody gets angry, um, and as Ned pointed out, a lot of the convention staff were up in arms as well. And then uh, today they announced uh, they're going to enforce masks in certain areas of the con, except the dealer's room. Yeah, which is like I said, th- that was the one that struck me when I read the list. I'm like, no dealer's room? Mask <laughs> mandate? Yeah. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> so, uh, Jerry if you look up, yeah. Uh, if you look up Anime Central News on the Anime News Network, um, you, you get all the lowdown, hopefully. Um, you know, th- more than what we could basically talk about. <laughs> well, I'll say this. Jericondra says wishy-washy. No, 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 no. That's too, too polite. That is way <laughs> too polite for what Anime Central's exec pulled. The What they pulled was... I, again, I'm trying to say it nicely because, frankly, you know, I don't want Anime Central exec, you know, chasing me down with pitchforks and, mm-hmm. you know, rubber knives. Mm-hmm. But essentially, they made a very bad series of choices mm-hmm. and are now trying to walk them back. The problem is they've already walked off the plank and are falling and are going, gravity sucks. I don't like this. <laughs> Let me undo this. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. Gravity's got you. And the only place you're going is 
um so once again folks uh, as we continue on with our podcast a reminder that uh we will be on hiatus for a few weeks of streaming uh, i'll be meeting up with jerichandra uh in the coming days looking forward to that and um so we will be returning on twitch hopefully with some game streams in um early june and then late june we will have a mix of game streams and uh, a podcast. No, I think so. Um, I will not be able to take the ballet class, Jericandra. <laughs> Before I meet up with Jericandra, she has ballet class. Ah, I was going to say, Jared Tutu, get me pictures and video. Great black belt material. <laughs> uh, but um, Jericandra, as I said, um, is one of the cosplayers of our mascot, Sarah Yoshida. Uh, Jericandra loves to use latex in her cosplays. And speaking of cosplays, Neff, um, I saw the cosplay anime, My Dress Up Darling, more of it today. I saw three episodes. I that That's the most I've seen of an anime in one day in a long time. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask how, 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 how did you think of it? Because... <laughs> I actually did a three peep myself today or three three episode myself today mm. caught up with comey can communicate oh, season nice. two um animation quality is getting better <laughs> but i'm pro i'm stuck there with the story i i'll stick through for the story frankly because they did the chris they did the christmas episode was that the latest one yeah the latest one was the christmas episode oh yeah. don't spoil it because that that's the one i gotta get to next yeah no problems but uh there's that and then Oh, uh, one of the manga I'm reading, The Hidden Dungeon Only I Can Enter, uh -huh. which just released its latest volume this week, mm. is now in stuff that never got to the anime. Mm. So the they're now past the anime. And it's going, and I'm going, hmm, I think they're trying too hard at this point to, <laughs> to set up situations for this, you know, for Noel Stardia to, to just basically, you know, be the badass and get into situations where you're like going, He's got a harem. He doesn't realize it, but he's got a harem. <laughs> um, but no, I am up to, I think, episode seven or eight. I think I watched six, seven, and eight today. And uh, we get introduced to the uh, supporting characters, uh, Juju and Shinju, the, the sisters, one of whom is a cosplayer and one of whom is a photographer and uses the fancy DSLR camera. So in this series, we learn more about the subjects. We learn more about um, Marin's um, um, love interest in Wakana. And of course, we also learn how to use DSLR cameras, how to properly wash cosplay wigs, and how to use uh, cosplay tape, which I, I never knew was called cosplay tape, which you can use and put on your face uh, to give your face different features. And that's the funny thing about My Dress Up Darling, because for all the romance and all the, you know, etchy stuff, etc., there are actually some useful, there's actually useful stuff there, at least to show you this stuff, so that if you're interested in the subject of cosplay, you might say, okay, let me take a look at this. Let me see what this is all about. Mm. Jericandra, I think you should watch My Dress Up Darling if you haven't. Uh, it's a wonderful series, and I think... You, uh, being in the world of cosplay, would especially love it. Uh, Jericandra is 
watching oh Jared Kendra's boyfriend watched prison school recently have you seen that Neff uh I know of it okay I've seen scenes from it let's just say pimp daddy Moroku approved <laughs> and leave it at that <laughs> uh let's see um and um call that there's rewatching space brothers and uh, Karim is watching Vampire in the Garden. Actually, the, the Netflix tried to re recommend that to me once I finished the the three episodes of Call Me Can't Communicate. And I'm going okay. I'm not quite sure those two series are quite you know in the same ballpark, but <laughs> maybe, maybe, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, for somebody who asked in the channel, my NHL team, <laughs> we're back in the fire again. We're done. We're barbecued. Oh, the Maple Leafs uh, uh, kind of lost. Golf leaves there. golf. Golf leaves golf. <laughs> but this time it went to Game 7. This time they fought to the bitter end. Mm. Although in Game 6 there were shenanigans by the referee that I'm like going, they mm. wanted a Game 7. There's no <laughs> other explanation for the calls you were making tonight. You won a Game 7. Mm -hmm. So. Well, who is now it's down... Now it's down to the Battle of Alberta for the Canadian content in this playoffs. And for those of you who don't realize the reference, Battle of Alberta refers to the Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers, two teams based in the province of Alberta up in Canada. Oh, boy. And who absolutely despise one another. You know, when they were in the playoffs regularly, this was mm -hmm. back in the days of Gretzky and, you know, the Flames. Right. Being, you know, at, at their peak. Mm. Uh, it was basically a war. And it was a war every night. And it was war on the ice, off the ice, in the media. It was just insane. Wow. And I mean, this time, the Calgary coach, Daryl Sutter, who he takes understatement to an art form. I mean, this man can literally, you could watch him be angry, mm -hmm. watch him be sad, watch him be happy, and his face would never change. <laughs> like, literally, he does not change intonation. He, like, and this is deliberate. It has to be because there's no way you could be that deadpan, right? As a coach, it just, you know, he's like the anti John Tortorella. So, if you've ever seen George, John Tortorella at his worst, do a complete 180, and there's Daryl Sutter. Mm. So, like I said, that's a war. Uh, that game, uh, Puck drops at 9.30 or so, mm -hmm. uh, local Eastern time. Right. Um, so I'll catch some of that after we're done uh, tonight. And it'll be like, ooh, I can't wait till the weekend when I can stay up and watch it all all the way through the game. You know. So which, uh, which team do you think was worst off in their elimination? The Toronto Maple Leafs or the Pittsburgh Penguins? See, here's the thing with the Penguins, okay? They're old. And they're relying on like third string goalies that got them to a game seven before, mm. you know, their supposed, you know, star goalie comes back and mm. does decently. Whereas the Leafs, it was more like, okay, they're playing their style, they're playing their system. And for a while it worked. But then John Cooper decides, okay, no, guys, no, no, no. We're the defending back to back Stanley Cup champions. We are not going to lose to a team that can't figure its way out of the first round of the playoffs for, for over a decade. <laughs> you know, and I mean, th th I think that I think that's part of it because John Cooper is a very smart coach. Mm -hmm. You know, he's he's one of those coaches where you're like, okay, you will stay in Tampa Bay as long as you want. Mm -hmm. Because even if the team 
you know, goes to crap, which they eventually will because all teams age out. Mm. They they will say, hey, you got us multiple cups. You can do whatever you want. Mm. Not like out in Long Island where, you know, they said, oh, everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> and there goes Barry Trotz. Yeah, I was about to bring up to you, uh, just because the Islanders missed the playoffs, Barry Trotz is gone. No, but the best part was they Lou Lamarillo maybe gave Anime Central the, the blueprint for the for the <laughs> Bolognian shenanigans because he literally was saying everything's fine. We'll run it all back. I, I believe in this group. <laughs> and then floosh, the sound of Barry Trotz's, you know, time in New York going down the tubes. And the best part is afterwards he says they need a fresh voice in the room. But who do they hire? Willem Dafoe. No, they they literally <laughs> hired Barry Trotz's assistant to become the head coach. Will the, who looks like William Defoe? Have you seen him? Yeah, I, I, now, now I get the reference because I was like half a second. Wow. <laughs> but it's like, okay, so now Barry Trotz is a free agent, and what happens in Vegas? And Vegas had again said, "Let's let's think about this. Let's not do anything rash." <laughs> as soon as they knew Trotz was gone, bloosh, Peter DeBoer. <laughs> so. You know, I mean, if Barry Trotz wants a job, he's got a job. Mm. Now, whether he wants to, you know, uh, Winnipeg is the hot rumor. Vegas, of course, will flash money. Mm. Pit, uh, Philadelphia is looking for a coach. And, you know, they think they might have a shot at it, although I doubt it. Mm. So it's like the coaching carousel in the NHL. There's nothing like it. Yeah. Because the thing was... They had st- most of the ownership had, you know, been relatively stable and not doing much after the last couple of years because, of course, you know, with COVID, et cetera, they're like, okay, look, we can't, you know, have an honest evaluation here. Mm. But I guess, you know, COVID is quote unquote gone. And so now we're going to just, you know, <laughs> send all these coaches down the chute. <laughs> well, remember, Neff, what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? Well, except the coaches and the players, especially when the owner wants to win now. <laughs> it's like the owner goes, no, I want to win now. Yeah. Where is that? Where is that cup? Where is that cup? <laughs> um, I am in the process of uh, trying to pull up for you guys the latest Sarah artwork. Uh, okay. Uh, while you're doing that, I'm going to do a quick talk about that very interesting piece of social media that hit the the airwaves where an nfl team that the i know you know i was going to say that on air oh the los angeles chargers that's right yes yes i saw that they released they released their schedule <laughs> now most nfl teams it's very boring it's mm. a press release it might be a player with a powerpoint but what does the set what do the la chargers do they set it to a Japanese pop song and they animated it. <laughs> Not only did they animate it, anime style, there are a couple of uh, weeks and, and teams that I'm sorry, the Japanese rights holders are on speed dial right now, the NFL going, Nani. <laughs> you know, and it starts on week one because the Chargers face the Raiders in week one. And what do they do for the Raiders? They literally rip off one piece to the point where it's the ship. It's yeah. the skull and the crossbones <laughs> on the thing. It's just like, you couldn't be any less subtle if you tried, man. Yeah. 
Um, and they go through and they go through the entire schedule, mm -hmm. some of which is really inventive and some of which are so sick burns that you have to literally watch it multiple times to get everything. Yeah. Um, I do believe I um, I posted the link to that in the uh, Discord under our new Japan newsroom. So if you guys want to go to our Discord, uh, we will uh, it's at the top of that so you can check out that link. Um, supposedly, according to Neff, before the Japanese authorities take it down. Well, I'm more saying the rights holders go to the NFL. Hey, pay up. Mm -hmm. well, the NFL can. <laughs> I mean, it's literally couch cushion money. Oh, for of them. course, yeah, of course, but, you know, of course. I mean. So, some of the weeks are just hilarious. And I was, I said to myself, and I said to JR, it's like, one, I would be, it's too bad that the Bills, the team I root for, mm -hmm. isn't playing the Chargers this year because I would be both amused and scared <laughs> to see what they do. Oh, yeah. I mean, to the poor Atlanta Falcons. Okay. So what do they do? That's week nine. It's basically a ripoff of Tokoyama from My Hero Academia. Instead of being, you know, uh, a guy with a bird head, he's literally a bird. He flies into a sign. Mm -hmm. That sign is for a Waffle House, which causes the W to fall off. <laughs> and in the thing underneath, in the, the signboard underneath, it says, save 28% off three waffles. What does that refer to, JR? Oh, record? You're getting, you're close. Remember, the W is gone. 28 to 3. Oh, that was the score. At halftime, Super Bowl 51, I think. Yeah. Where the Falcons managed to completely, you know, crap their pants to the Patriots, which is why the W is gone, because guess what? You didn't win. <laughs> and then there's that week against the Colts, where all they did was a merry-go-round. With horses, <laughs> each of the horses referring to each of the quarterbacks they had to use during that season, which totaled four. <laughs> so, like I said, watch this video. I won't spoil any more, but watch it. You'll you'll either be laughing your head off, or just going, "Okay, that social media team is on some drugs, and I want what they what they're on." I, w I wish we could do a reaction video, but we probably could get in trouble for that, wouldn't we? Well, here's the thing. We couldn't use the audio. That's for sure. Right. I don't think they could do anything about the video, to be honest. It's all over everywhere anyway. Right, right. You know, I mean, I'll say one more thing. I like the fact that, you know, they do uh, the Chiefs and the Chargers. They meet twice during the season. And they're in mechs, the, the coaches. Okay? So the first time they meet, they end up doing a fusion dance or the start of the fusion dance. The next time they meet, the San Diego or the LA Chargers LA coach Chargers. is sitting there, you know, hitting the go for it button, <laughs> and he has an espresso, you know, on, on his uh, console. Uh -huh. The Mahomes bot has, of course, Andy Reid with a hamburger sitting <laughs> on the console with a giant bite out of it. Mm. I'm like going. That's going to get you in trouble. That's going to get Andrew Reid going, okay, yeah, maybe I've had a few too many meals, but not like that. Yeah, you're going to make me watch this whole thing a few times over again. <laughs> like I said, if you if you only watch it once, you'll see some stuff. Mm -hmm. But watch it again and again, 
and you'll catch such subtle, sick burns, especially the Raiders the mm. second time around, the second <laughs> meeting. Well, I mean, the fact that the, 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 the Raiders team ends up in a bottle in a dumpster is bad enough. Mm. It gets worse when you see all the other stuff that's there. Oh, oh, I just have to mention one more. The Broncos. Because Russell Wilson is now the coach. Or not the coach, rather, the quarterback. <laughs> quarterback. And, of course, it's Russell's famous phrase. Oh. Let Russ cook. Let Russ cook, yeah. So what do you think they did? Anime style. They cooked them. No, 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 no. Food wars. Oh. Literally. Week, the first week they meet, he pulls a, a cloth off his wrist like Soma, ties the resulting bandana on his head, and the resulting <laughs> bandana says, let Russ cook. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's like I said, it's just like... <laughs> and even some of the stuff, I had to, I had to ask, ask some of my friends because I, I don't watch all anime anymore. You know, I don't have the time. Right. So it's sort of like... And then I look at it and I'm like going... Oh, now I get the reference. <laughs> well, at this rate, we're going to go through the whole video, but we're running out of time. So maybe at some point in the future, Neff, if we're willing to give it a shot, we should uh, maybe next month we'll do a little breakdown recording about uh, the uh, the whole video, if it's still up, that is. Well, as I said, I mean, we'll see. I, I'm surprised it's not down already, to be honest. I'm surprised <laughs> because, like I said, the the holders of the one piece uh, intellectual property in Japan mm -hmm. should have been going. Um, excuse me, <laughs> like really? Um, like the fact that Derek Carr looks like looks like a pirate and looks very good as a pirate is kind of frightening. But hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's show you the artwork. Oh no, this is too big. Uh, let's uh, let's try. That's to... a nice, <laughs> nice, nice bit of flowers and. Looks like Sarah having a nap. No, 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 no. Uh, okay. Let's uh, let's fit to the screen there. There we go. Okay. I was gonna say, is it? Did the dumpster fire uh, gift behind me get, get give us some sort of like bad juju? No. Hey, I'll put it uh, over me so you can see. Uh, we can get your reaction. But this is That's new funny. artwork from. Uh, Maru Davalos, who does a lot of uh, comic book art. Uh, that's her type of specialty, her style. And, uh, well, she did Sarah as uh, um, Gwen into the Spider-Verse, uh, as the Black Widow, and I think one more. And now we have uh, Sarah dancing in a dress inspired by her outfit over the nice sunset and uh, flowers there. So, muchas gracias, Maru, for your artwork. Very, very nice. Indeed, I think it's a very a very nice piece. So, we will be sharing that online, uh, maybe tonight or tomorrow. And um, that will bring us to the end of our podcast, our last podcast for maybe about a month or so. Uh, to repeat, um, we're going to do Dragon Quest uh, in a little bit here. And then we're going to take time off for a few weeks. Um, hopefully in early June, depending on availability, we will be back with a game stream or two. In late June, we will come back with one or two podcasts in addition to the game streams. 
Maybe I could uh, invite my friend to join us in Flight Simulator so he could tell me how to fly a plane. <laughs> yeah, he could go, don't do that, Jar. Push this button. Well, we'll see if he knows what a FADEC means. <laughs> Which, for people who don't know, FADEC is a type of system that's involved uh, installed in some planes where um, the throttle, when you move it, it kind of controls a lot of the functions and stuff of um, fuel mixture and uh, propeller speed and whatnot. So that's basically what it means. Maybe he'll mm. quiz me on that. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm going to go back to the... Um, I'm going to go back maybe to the DC-6 soon. Um, in fact, um, I tell you what. I have a little show and tell I'll show you here, Neff. will make all of us feel old. While I'm getting that, I will let okay. you do the closing commentary. If you have any questions, concerns, compliments, or complaints about this podcast, or anything you hear on our, or see on our Twitch streams, drop us a line at extremeanimeradio at gmail.com. You can hit us up on social media. Go to linktree.com forward slash anime radio, and there you'll find links to our Facebook page, our Instagram account, our Twitter account, our Discord server, and our YouTube channel. And don't forget, archived versions of this podcast are available at anchor.fm forward slash anime radio. All right. So I'm back here and I'll show you guys real quick. Um, I want to show you this little thing I picked up on eBay just on a whim because I thought it would be nice to, to have something like this. Um, a timetable for American Airlines uh, where you really save with American's DC-6 air tourist service coast to coast for $99. This is the American Airlines timetable from July of 1953. Okay, now I'm trying to figure out coast to coast a flight $99 in $1953. How, man, how much would that be now? Oh boy, let's look at inflation. I was going to say, let's see. Inflation calculator. USinflationcalculator.com. Gee, I wonder if that will work. Okay. If in 1953 I purchased a ticket for $99, it would cost $1,071 today. Ouch. <laughs> so, um, so yes, this is, uh, this is in the, uh, the time of I Love Lucy, back when the propeller airliners were the thing. The DC-6 was the hip airliner. Um, it would be not too long after this comes out that the DC-7 is produced. Um, so you have a true coast-to-coast -coast, uh, um, airliner. You can get, uh, I believe, like eight hours coast-to-coast -coast, uh, from New York to L.A. And now you do it in a jet in what, three and a half, four? Uh, five or six, yeah. Hmm. But, um, but no, remember, this is back in the days when... Um, uh, the airlines were heavily regulated, so you had to bid on these routes. So American Airlines could only serve like specific routes. So they had routes to Chicago, routes to Dallas, routes to L.A. You have United, who did mostly transcontinental up and down the Pacific Coast and onto Honolulu in a propeller plane. That, that must have been a nice thing, um, going to uh, Honolulu in a DC-6 in a time where there was no GPS, uh, there's no radio navigation at sea, so 
you have to fly at night and a navigator would have to look up at the sky with a sextant to see where the stars were in the sky and that's how you would get to Hawaii yikes <laughs> so um that's that's uh, all for another time though so um yeah yeah I, I'm, I'm gonna bring this to Ron as a little bit of a show off I think you get a kick out of it especially after I see him fly a Piper Archer <laughs> mm. um Oh, uh, Liz is like the first video game system we had in the late seventies was worth like twelve hundred dollars in today's coins. Yeah, that, that's kind of frightening when I think about so, some of the stuff. Like, for example, my dad bought a brand new car in nineteen sixty-seven, mm -hmm. and I saw the bill thirty-three hundred dollars. Mm. That same car today is still being produced, by the way. It's a Ford Mustang. Oh, wow! And that, and that one would have been like the base model. Mm -hmm. Which up here in Canada is about thirty-four mm -hmm. thereabouts. Wow. So yeah, like just basically add a z add at least a zero to everything. <laughs> well, um, this uh, this concludes our reminiscing and this concludes our podcast. We will now be continuing on with Dragon Quest here on Twitch in just a few minutes. But for those of you watching the podcast or listening to the podcast, uh, the Extreme Anime Radio podcast will return. Around this time next month, I would say the middle of June is when we will try to come back uh, with another episode. And by then, uh, I might have a little bit of a recap of my little trip. And uh, Neff uh, will have some other things in store. Maybe um, he can share some updates as Anime North uh, rapidly approaches. You can't, you can't see me on the on if you're watching if you're hearing the the audio recording folks but you've just uh, seen me panic <laughs> <laughs> so for a panicking Neff, I'm jr thank you for watching and listening and remember keep on looking out for the extreme radio podcast and don't forget to check out our twitch streams at twitch TV twitch TV and anime radio twitch.tv slash extreme anime radio anime radio was already taken. Ah, thank you. And good night, folks. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.